Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Today, I want to take us even deeper into this conversation on relationships. Are y'all ready? Look at your neighbor and tell him, get ready. Pastor Josh is going to talk about it today, all right? Y'all ready? Buckle up. Okay. Tell you what, I'm going to preach a message called Misplaced Emotions. Misplaced Emotions. Before I get going any further, can we take a moment and let's just pray. Just bow your head right there where you're at. We're going to ask that God just speak to us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you are doing. I'm so grateful, God, for the opportunity to gather once again. We are able to do this by your grace and by your providence. And now, Father, as we turn to your word, we've glorified you. We've worshiped you. We have undoubtedly felt your presence, but now we need to hear from you. And so we open up our ears to hear. Lord God, we turn our hearts to you. We block off all the distractions at this time. And Father, we tune in to what your spirit is saying. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Misplaced emotions. Something happened during the quarantine. I turned 40. I know I don't look a day over 39, but I turned 40 during the quarantine, and uh, we were still in a good tier, so my wife threw me a birthday party, and we had a blast. We had a nice outdoor birthday party, and I was celebrating my 40th birthday, and my wife, she's extra. She goes, like, top-notch on anything. She's an incredible host. She's absolutely incredible at hosting, and so she put together a playlist for my 40th birthday, and my playlist had the absolute jams from 1995 to 2000. Come on, how many of you, those were your years? Raise your hand if 95 to 2000, those were your years. I know some of you are like, no, the music was terrible. And some of you are like, pastor, I wasn't even born yet. (laughs) Stop it, okay? Be quiet. Stop bragging, all right? But we had this, you know, back in the day, we'd call it a mixtape. How do you remember mixtapes? Come on, how many of you old enough to remember a mixtape? Now we call it a playlist because there's no tape, right? I mean, the, the, the young kids say, it's a playlist, but, but to us, it was a mixtape, right? How many remember making mixtapes? You'd have to get your cassette tape and get something off the radio or get another, you know, a mixtape where you'd put all these different songs together from different artists. So my wife, she made me a playlist. I'm calling it my 40s mixtape. And she had some incredible songs on my 40s mixtape. How many remember TLC? Yeah, come on. I'm going to sing the first part. You sing the second part. Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> yeah, give yourselves a round of applause. Yeah, we, we, we had some. See, I grew up when ska was booming. How many remember No Doubt? And they had a song called Don't Speak. You remember Don't Speak? Come on. How about some Boys to Men? Oh, Yeah, come on now. Boys to Men would get you in your feelings, wouldn't it? (laughs) Boys to Men would put you in your feelings. That was some great late-time listening music when, you know, the kids were asleep. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) But Boys to Men, that would just get you in your feelings. I like my personal favorite of the 90s, though, had to be none other than the godfather, Brian McKnight. Come on, how many Brian McKnight? Come on, one, you're like a dream come true. You guys remember that song? All right, enough of that. Stop being carnal. Let's welcome the Holy Spirit back into the room. Father, I'm sorry. We're in a tent. All right. Um, 
But I noticed when my wife created that playlist, I mean, if you thought Pastor Joe could sing in church, you should have seen him singing in my backyard. He was singing all of these 90s songs, because that's our music, right, Pastor Joe? That, that was our music. We were having the good time. It was so good that our CFO, Salah, now listen, if you're a CFO and you're moving, the music had to be really, really good. I, I saw Salah over there bebopping and doing this. I'm like, go ahead, Salah. But that's what music will do, right? It'll get you in your feelings. How many of you like how music just gets you in your feelings? Now, I love all of that, and I say all of that to make this point, that feelings are great when you've got music kind of bringing you into it. But where feelings are not great is when feelings begin, when feelings are the starting point of a relationship. Feelings are not a great place to start a relationship. Oh, he just makes me feel so good. He makes me feel so loved. And you know when I'm with him, I laugh. He just makes me feel so amazing every time that I'm with him. And that's a terrible place to start a relationship from. It's great for music. It's great, it's great for getting in the mood. But to start a relationship with someone, it's actually a terrible place to start a relationship. Because here's what happens. Just like the feelings gets you going, and as I said, the music starts going, you start bebopping, your head starts going, you start getting all into it. The same way that their feelings get you going in that mood, it can quickly lead you to a place of intimacy that should only be enjoyed within the covenant of marriage. Uh-oh. Everybody say, help me. Now listen, what I'm going to talk to you about right now, I want you to get this, is going to be countercultural to today's culture. When we start talking about doing relationships God's way, the culture's not in on that. When I start talking to you about doing relationships the way that we find through the teaching in God's word, the culture goes in the opposite direction. Now here's the deal. When the culture is in contrast with the word of God, the culture is wrong. Just a few amens. I'm going to say a little bit louder. When the culture begins to conflict, conflict with the word of God, culture is wrong. Look, look, I like culture. I'm all for culture when it's good. It can be a powerful thing. But anytime culture goes against the word of God, culture needs to be put back in its place. And as the people of God, we don't stand on ever-changing culture. We stand on the word of God because the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. How old is this book? Thousands of years old. And yet we still have it here today. It is still our rock. It is still our truth. And we turn to the word before we go with culture. And so what happens is too many times people start a relationship based on how somebody makes them feel. But the challenge with that is if that person stops making you feel that way, you're out. Because it's not the way you thought it would be. When, you, when that person stops making you laugh, you're out. Because you based your entire relationship with that person on your feelings, on your emotion. And not to mention, after feelings, the only other place you can go in a relationship is into the place of intimacy. And how many married people in the room know that a marriage needs a lot more than feelings and sex in order to survive? Oh, good. I got some amens there. Thank you. I thought it was going to be a pin drop when I said that. But all the married folks know in the room, you need more than feelings and sex in order to make your marriage thrive and to survive. It has to be deeper than that. We have to be rooted even further than that. Okay, so pastor, what do I do with my feelings? Feelings are a real thing. They are a real thing. And there is a place for it in a relationship. But I want to help you get your feelings where they need to be. So the first thing that you have got to understand about feelings and, your in and emotions is this. 
It's a terrible foundation. But can I tell you what a good foundation is? Everybody say spiritual. Spiritual. That is your connection with God. That is the most important thing that you have got to establish in your life in order for not just marriage, but all relationships to work in your life. You have got to go back to God, our creator, and go back to God who is our source. Can I get a good amen on that? We have got to go back to God because he designed us. We have got to go back to God because he created us. And he didn't just create us. He put purpose on the inside of us. And we are on a journey to not only finding that purpose, but living that purpose. And you are not ready to dive into a relationship if you don't know who God is and who you are in God. Got real quiet in there. Got real quiet there. And I'm going to explain it to you this way. Because he created us, you got to go back to the creator to better understand how he made us. Because when you know who you are, here's what happens. I'm sorry. When you know who he is, here's what happens next. You begin to know who you are. Everybody say personal. So you have the bottom layer, which is called spiritual, and then you have what's called personal, which means you have, once you get this understanding of who God is, you start to get an understanding of who you are who I am, who has God made me to be, who has God fashioned me to be. I want to read to you a verse from Colossians chapter 2 verse 10. Everybody listening, our screens aren't working today, but I want you to get this. I'm going to say it to you and listen to what Paul says. And our own completeness is found in him. I'll say that one more time. Our completeness is found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. Our completeness is found in God, not in another person. Did you catch that? Paul says we're complete in him. But if we never get in him, we'll always be incomplete. And when you find someone, you're bringing an incomplete self into that relationship. Come on now. When you find someone and you've not found and discovered who you are in Christ, you're only bringing your best attempt at who you are into that relationship. Can you imagine if when I met my wife, Joanna, and, and we've been married for 16 years, y'all. 16 years. We celebrate 17 this year. We want to travel, but we can't. Anyways. Could you imagine had I told Joanna when we first met that if I never shared with her any of this, that I never had a call to the pastorship? Could you imagine if I never would have shared who God made me to be when I met Joanna and then I just sprung it up on her when I'm 33 years old and I said, I'm quitting my job, I'm gonna be a full-time pastor. She'd be like, you are crazy. But I didn't just unpackage this to her later in life. When I first met her, as a matter of fact, when I started dating her, I told her, listen, God made me to be a preacher. I believe that I'm going to pastor a church one of these days. I believe that God has called me to do this. And I gave her the full disclaimer. And she'll tell you. She's like, Josh didn't hold back the punches. He said, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I want to do. And I was like, you in or out? I need to know because I'm going. You're going to get on this train or you're not. And she was all in. Thank God. Thank God she was all in. But could you imagine had I not unpackaged to, who, to, to her who God made me to be? And if you don't know who you are in Christ, you're bringing the incomplete self into a relationship. Because we are made complete in God. Let's say that again. We are made complete in God. So when you find him, you find completeness in him. Okay? Listen to me, parents. Let me talk to you for just a second. Some of y'all are like, he's talking a lot about relationships. Let me, let me talk about some parenting, okay? I, I think, I think, okay, this is just Pastor Josh talking. And again, you, you parent your home the way you want to parent your home. 
But it's so important that your kids get the spiritual and the personal foundation before you let them on social media. It's so important that they know who they are in God and they start knowing their identity in Christ before they get on social media. Because here's what happens. If they don't know who they are, they'll get upset when someone doesn't like their picture. And some of you parents know what I'm talking about. You're like, yeah, I've talked to my daughter. She said someone didn't like her picture. She unfriended that person or someone didn't follow back. And, and your parents know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. And, and, and so our, our, our kids want to go off into this world, social media of interpersonal relationships, but they've not yet found their identity in Christ yet. And they have not yet under, they, they don't yet know who they are. And then they want to go into this world of social media. And all of a sudden, because they don't receive their validation from Christ, they're going to receive validation from their Facebook followers. I'm sorry, that's too old. Their Instagram followers. I'm sorry, that's way too old. Their TikTok followers. Am I current yet? And, and, and so you got to be careful when you allow your kids to enter into this world of being validated by other people when they haven't found their identity in Christ. They have got to establish their identity in Christ. Because when you know who you are, it doesn't matter if somebody likes your picture. It doesn't matter if someone doesn't follow back. When you know who you are, you aren't moved by other people's opinions. It doesn't matter what they say because I know who I am. And it's only after you've established this spiritual foundation and this personal foundation that you can now go to what's called an interpersonal relationship. Now, this is how you interact with other people, okay? So we've got the spiritual foundation, the personal foundation. Then we get into what is called the interpersonal foundation, okay? So now, how do you treat other people? How do you interact with other people? And this is, listen to me, listen to me, church, listen to me good. Our issues that we discovered in 2020 were a result of people not having this foundation. Listen to me. Racism, all these movements that happen, social justice, none of that would even be an issue if more people got into their word. I'm going to say that louder for the people in the back. None of that would even be an issue if people just got back to the book. And what we're trying to do is create policy, but you can never legislate a heart. Policy doesn't change a heart. There's only one thing that can change a heart, and that's the love of Christ. I said it's the power of God. It's only him who can change and turn and transform hearts. And so what happens is because we don't Go to God first and then know who we are. We don't treat people the way that we should treat them. It was Jesus who said this in Mark 12, 31. Listen, this is the answer to all the world's problems, I believe. You must love your neighbor in the same way you love yourself. We're creating policy over something that Jesus said thousands of years ago that if more people just did this, we wouldn't have all of these movements crying out for justice and equality because we're supposed to love each other. It's getting real quiet in the room. I know you just want to love your Republican friends, but you got to love the Democrat too. And I know if you're Democrat, you don't want to love your Republican friends, but you got to love them too. And if you're in the middle, you got to love everyone, okay? And if they're the same color of your skin or not, you got to love them. If, if their sexuality is different than yours, you got to love them. If they vote different, you got to love them. And what has happened is we've, we've been, we, we, we have completely just trampled over this. And many people are doing this in the name of the church, in the name of God. And Jesus is like, nah, that's not me, fam. That's you. That's you right there. I love the Democrat and the Republican and the Independent and the whatever. You know, it's like he loves them all. I was having this great conversation with someone recently. I said, listen, there's nothing we can do to earn the love of God. Can we stop with that? Can we just stop with this earning? We, we don't strive for God's love. You got to know this. God loves us all the same. He loves you all the same. 
And, and I learned this from being a father. Because God, he uses children to teach you his heart. All the parents, you know what I'm talking about, amen? And, and God has a funny way of setting parents up because when we had Jaden, my Jaden is an incredible child. My Jaden, when he came into this world, he's like that perfect child. As a matter of fact, his uncle Jake says Jaden's the perfect kid. <laughs> he's very respectful. He, he does, does his chores. He's just such an amazing kid. He's so bright. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Let me get a little help on that. Um, we, we've, he, he's, he's an incredible child, and, and everything that he does, we're always just so proud of him. But, and then, you know, me and Joanna, we thought, we got this parenting thing down. Look at Jaden. I mean, we know what we're doing as parents. Any other parents go through that as well with your firstborn kid where you were like, they said this was going to be hard. And then the second kid arrives and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> it always feels like the firstborn, God sends it to you as a way to convince you to have a second because you think it's all easy. And then the second one comes and they're the shepherd of Satan. And you're like, what in the world <laughs> is wrong with this child? I, it's the same ingredients. The cake was supposed to come out the same. And that's what, and I, and I think that's what happens. And, and, but listen to me, I'm making light of it. And, and, and my, my, my son Jude, love my son Jude, love my son Jackson. They're not like their older brother, Janian, but that's just the way that God wired them. And I love them all the same. That's my point in it all, is I don't love Jaden more than I love my other two just because he's easier. I love them all the same. And God loves every single one of his kids all the same. Clap your hands if you know that to be true. So get that. I'm, I'm, I'm all up in your business today. So if God loves that person, why don't you love them? So if God loves a person that doesn't vote like you, why don't you love them? So if God loves that person that does not agree with you, why don't you love them? If God loves that person whose values are different than yours, why don't you love them? And, and this is why we have got to build on this. See, this wasn't just going to be a conversation of relationships and marriage. I want to get it all in there because it permeates every relationship. It permeates every relationship when we get it the right way. And when we get it the wrong way, it messes up every relationship. And so our interpersonal relationships, if, you would, if we would just get this, it would be incredible. And here's another thing about relationships. Now, let me move off of that. Let me move off. Let me jump into this. I, I've seen a lot of people with relationships expect too much out of their friends or they expect too much out of their significant other. You got to be careful with the friends in your life and you feeling the need to tell them everything. Did you know that there's some things that you should only go to God for? Amen? There's some things that you should really only go to God for. You know, in the old church, the sisters would always say that gossip was a sin, but I found that they gossiped more than anyone else. And they would say, well, I'm only telling her so that she can help me pray for her. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, we're going to join in prayer together. You aired out all the laundry. No, no, she's going to help me pray for her. And, and what happens is when you put too much into another person, when you got your BFF or your bestie and you feel the need to tell them everything, what happens is they're now replacing a place that only God should have in your heart. Because you should only go to God with everything. I'm going to say that one more time. You should only go to God with everything. Now, you go to your friends with some things, but you don't go to them with everything. Because what happens is when your friend's not around and you need them to be around, oh, my God, everyone's gone. It's like, have you talked to your heavenly father yet? Have you had a conversation with Jesus yet? And listen, this is in the Bible. Proverbs 29.11. Watch this. A fool gives full vent of his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. 
<laughs> Don't you love Solomon's wisdom in Proverbs? It says a fool just bah, blares it all. But a wise man knows it's time. You got to hold some things back. You don't have to say everything. You don't have to put people in a position, in a place that only God can fulfill. Amen? All right, you got room for a little more? So after you build a spiritual and you build a personal and then you build the interpersonal, it is only then that you can now begin to layer in the emotional. Your emotions, when the emotions lead in a relationship and the foundation is not in the spiritual and in the personal and in the interpersonal, your emotions are out of whack. Your emotions are leading you. And how many of you know that you can get in your feelings and in your emotions and make some very bad decisions? I, you know, I will... Okay, pastor's going to confess, okay? Y'all ready? I'm an aggressive driver. Pray for me. Pray for me. I'm that guy where if you're like tailgating me, I will pump my brakes and be like, anyone else do that? Or I'm really crazy. Do not tailgate me. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, move over to the left lane. I can be a very aggressive driver. And, and there are times when, when, you know, I forget that I'm not even by myself. I'll be like driving. I'm like, oh my God, this guy, you know, and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, oh shoot, I got my babies. I better knock this off. I better knock this off right now. Why? Because emotions, right? Feelings. Feelings and emotions get you to do things, which again, great when you're listening to a playlist, but you know, uh, you, but, but relationships, be careful when you let your feelings lead. Here's what happens. Proverbs 28, 26 says this, whoever trusts in his own mind, and, and I'm going to liken that to feelings, okay? Whoever trusts in their own feelings is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. The person that follows after their feelings is a fool, but a person that follows after wisdom will be delivered. Now, I'm just going to be real with all of you. Sometimes you see someone who's very, very attractive, and you're like, oh, my God, they're looking at me. What do I do? Pastor said not to get in my feelings. Listen, it's natural for you to have feelings, but what you got to do is now start to run them through the checklist. You say, okay, very attractive. I see them winking. I see them flirting. But let me see if they even come to church. Let me, let me see if they even give their heart to God first and foremost. Let me find out if they're even submitted to God. I'm going to message you right now because here's the deal. If he can't submit to God, he will never submit to you. Women, if that man can't submit to God, he will never submit to you. Men, if she will not submit to God, she will never submit to you. And marriage is mutual submission. It's mutual. It's not one sex or the other. Marriage is mutual submission. But if someone can't submit to God, what makes you think they're going to submit to you? So, so just because you feel a certain way, start asking yourself, let's check the spiritual foundation. Are they on the dream team? Did they go to growth track? Come on now. Are they in connect groups? I'm like buttering this. I'm buttering this biscuit right now. You got to look for all of those things. Do they even worship when they come to church or when they're in church, they're just out there goofing off having coffee? And the coffee's amazing, isn't it? Let's give it up for the Lighthouse Cafe. Incredible. And then do you look at the personal. You got to start asking yourself the personal questions. Why did this guy work at McDonald's and drive an Audi? It makes no sense. Some of you getting it. Some of you getting it. How come this guy's on unemployment, but he's wearing a Drew House hoodie? How can he even afford that thing? Those are warning signs. Look at the personal. Are they smart with their money? Are they smart with their decisions? Come on now, pastor still drives a Ford Fiesta. My God. It's been paid off for 10 years. I'm not letting it go, ever. Keep saying I'm going to give it to my son, Jaden. I told him the other day, I said, Jaden, I'm going to give you my car. He was like. (laughs) 
So you start looking at the personal decisions they make. Because again, your emotions feel good, but run them through the filter. And then you go to the interpersonal. How does he treat his mama? Yeah. How does he treat his sister? If he treats his sister bad, you got no choice, girl. I mean, you got no chance, girl. I'm sorry. If he does not treat his sister well, you got no chance. If he's rude to his mama, he's going to be rude to you. So you start inspecting the way he treats other people. Are you guys getting this? This is good teaching. I hope this is helping some of you young people in the room. Come on now. If you're getting some red flags, dump him as soon as we get out of this service, okay? <laughs> dump him and then invite him to church so the Lord can change his heart. And only then can you, you know. So, so it's natural for your feelings to engage, but you got to run them through these filters of spiritual, personal, interpersonal. You run them through all of that. It's this checklist, it's this checklist if you will. And then, and only then, do you get to enjoy really the gift of intimacy that God has given us because it is designed to be enjoyed by two people who are married to one another? Let's say that amen a little louder. We still believe that. I know culture says, you know, try before you buy, but we don't believe that in the church. We don't believe that in church. We still believe in waiting until you're married. We still believe in saving yourself for the person that God has for you. We still believe that God's got someone for you and that's the person that you should give your whole heart to. Because the thing is, if you are intimate with people before you get married, every, in, in, every intimate um, interaction with someone, you are giving them a piece of your heart. And that's less of your heart that you, than you, that you can give to your future spouse. You'll never get it back. Let's say that again. Every time you're intimate with someone, you give a piece of yourself to someone. And if you do not marry that person, that is something you'll never give to your future spouse. How many of you want to come into your marriage whole and complete? Yeah. You, you want to come into that marriage whole. You want to come into that marriage complete. You want to come into that, parage, that marriage knowing that I am giving, I am giving you all of me. <laughs> like Brother John Legend saying, right? It's like, I'm giving you all of me. And, and what happens is because culture is saying, it's okay, you can do it. We got people bringing that in the church and think, oh, it's okay. God will forgive me. God is love. You said he's loving, Pastor. He's going to keep on loving me. And, and we use that as a license to sin. And here's the deal. God will forgive your sins and God will renew and redeem you. But that's still something that you can't give to, to your spouse because you've already given it away to someone else. You've already given it away to someone else. And so my, my, I'm, I hope I'm helping some of you in the room. Um, I hope some of you young adults and high school kids are listening to your pastor. You're probably thinking, he dresses cool, but he sounds old. <laughs> that's old school. No, no, no. It, it, it's, it's, it's real school. Because you get to that place of marriage and you realize, oh, man, Pastor one line. I, I am hurting now. I am broken now. And I'm coming to a close if I can get the piano coming up. Proverbs 4.23 says this, guard your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Come on now. But let's, let's read that one more time. Remember, intimacy, you're giving a piece of your heart to someone. What does Solomon say? Guard it. He says, guard your heart with all diligence because life comes from your heart. And I want you entering into your marriage with your heart as whole as possible and bringing in all of the life that you can into your marriage. I want you to come into your marriage whole and complete. And if you're in this room and thinking, man, I wish someone would have told me this 30 years ago. This would have saved me from so much pain. This would have saved me from so much hurt. Potentially, this would have saved me from some trauma. I'm here to let you know that God can make all things new today. I said God can make all things new today. God can redeem today. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. 
I believe today, and, and we're going to pray in just a moment, if, if you need to be made new, cry out to God and tell him, make me new again. I, I didn't know all this before. No one ever talked to me about all of this before. I, I thought I was okay because the culture said it was okay. And now I feel like maybe I cheated myself or maybe I cheated my marriage or maybe I, I did some things that I didn't know I shouldn't have done and, and now I'm feeling really bad about it. But you're making me feel guilty. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm here to let you know that he can make all things new again. And it's the goodness of God that's going to bring you to that place of repentance. It's the goodness of God that's going to lead you to that place of transformation. It's the goodness of God. I'm here to tell you that God's ways are better. I'm here to tell you that God's plan is better. I'm here to tell you that God's path for your life is better. And in all of that, I hope you all understand that this wasn't just marriage. In all of that, I hope you understood that this was just relationships in general. This is, this is what God wants for us. We are complete in Him. And there's a lot of people in this room who want that completeness. And today is the day that you can go on this journey and finding completeness in Him. Would you stand to your feet? I want to pray with you all. Has this been helpful? been okay I want to see marriages thrive in this church I want to see relationships thrive in this church the reason we go a little hard when we talk about relationships because I feel like Coulter is pulling really hard in the opposite direction and we as a church we got to yank that back we got to recalibrate that amen parents amen lighthouse we got to pull when the world is pulling hard we got to pull hard too we, we can't be playing games with it. We got to call it like it is. But we are also here to let you know that love is here. Forgiveness is here. Restoration is here. Redemption is here. Healing is here. God is here. And he can make all things new again. He can transform you from the inside out. And if you want that, and if you need for God to make all things new, right there we are. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? I'm going to lead you in two prayers. This is the first one. And let's just pray right now that God would begin to heal. If you feel like your heart needs healing right now, some of the stuff that we talked about, you're feeling some trauma from some mistakes of previous relationships. Come on, just lift those hands. Talk to your father and tell him, God, I need you to heal my heart. I need you to take this stuff out of me. God, I need you to make all things new again. God, I want you to redeem the broken pieces. God, I need you to restore the broken pieces. God, I want you to make some things right again. God, I need you to make some things right again. Come on, would you start talking to your father, everyone out there? Come on. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.